Welcome everyone to another episode of Afrolet. It's your faves. Once again, my name is Bobo and I'm here with the beautiful. It does feel so good. Did you miss us? Do you guys miss us? Like do you? You should DM. Yeah, I feel like we're family now. And speaking of family, today's topic is about father figures and how the father figures in your life ex- how the father figures in your life change and affect how you interact with men, especially romantically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real one. Or maybe that in itself is a stereotype, you know? We should like dissect that. But yes, Equa, let me let me begin. I wanna know from you, um, how has your household in general affected your relationship with men? I know it's a big question, but interpret it. Oh my god, that conversation! (laughs) My mom, I could tell my mom was kind of like shook. Like, why is she asking me this? And then she was like, oh, like, you know, who asked you that? And I was like, oh, I was at, you know, so and so's house, and they were just asking about it. And then, you know, her mom was asking, like, oh, like, why don't you ask your mom, like, where your dad is? Mm. So my mom got so upset with them because she was just like, you obviously, you know, like, you've known, like, every single time it's like parent uh you know parent teacher conferences yeah like just any sort of like big occasion where like the family's invited because you're in grade school you know right percent of the time you go on field trips your parents have to be there yeah so like it's always been just my mom so it's like obviously you know that it's just my mom yeah so to ask like a very uh, obviously like weighted question sensitive yeah child my mom was wow but wasn't she wasn't she a kid the, the yeah the girl but then the mom stepped in oh too, like, like, yeah, you should ask your mom where your dad is oh no baby right. what is yeah. you doing I that vividly because like it was so like i felt like it was weird yeah I didn't know why it was weird but i was like why is like i was having a yeah. conversation with my friend because why is that her business yeah Yeah, and i Mm -mm. feel like they were kind of utilizing me as a tool to like tell oh yeah like tell us the tea like yeah but also like i'm getting judgmental vibes like are you judging me no i don't like it hey welcome to predominantly white 
Yeah. So, like, they there has to be a, a reason, like, oh, is he, like, on drugs? You know, like, they must yeah. have like, all sorts of excuses. Oh, wow, I would have beat my, them. Right, I'd mom, beat you. My mom was not having it. Yeah. And I was kind of also confused as to why my mom was getting angry. And the beautiful thing is that she answered me in a way that was, like, so, you know, it was, like, vague but still very true. And she was like, well, you know, your father chose not to be here. Yeah. Like, That's so profound. And it's like, exactly. And it's like, okay. Like, yeah. I didn't need to know why he didn't. Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't inquire further because I didn't really care that much. Because mm. also, um, just for background references, I grew up with my mom, but my mom also had her sisters, my aunts around her. Right. So I felt like I had like six moms. <laughs> I was and going I, to talk about that I also as an African. Hey, I love yes yeah you my mom tells me this all the time because like all of my siblings have kids and there was one time i was telling her no no no, i'm not having kids i'm not trying to be a mom and my mom looked at me she was like what are you talking about you're already a mom (laughs) you're a mom because your if your sister has a child that's your child so yeah if anything happens to her you're gonna take her (laughs) you or you know what i mean like If you need to reprimand her, you're, you're going to you do that. Do I mean, I can't you reprimand everyone because I'm just that. Per- but you know what I mean? Right. Like, you should never feel like she should respect you as if, like, yeah. you know, like, she should not feel like. I mean, of course, like, certain relationships have their certain boundaries or whatever. Yeah. But, like, every child, like, the saying goes, you know, a child, you cannot raise a child alone. A child has to be raised in a village. Yeah. You know, like, it takes a village to raise And a child. I think that really is such an African. It is yeah. Way. Yeah. That back to you know the second story it kind of ties into that because when I was now in high school you know of course like having learned and now even seeing a different experience it's like oh yeah you know I am quote unquote in a single parent home even mm-hmm. though I felt like it I want to talk on that I, yeah um had a circumstance where my mom had to come in because we were taking an international flight to go it was to Canada yeah lol like, oh, wow it's like bro we've been going to Kenya for how long anyways so the director of my school was like, oh, you know, actually, we're going to need Echo's father to, like, sign off on some documents. Why not? Your, why can't your mom and do my it? my mom looked at him, like, just so blatantly and was like, has Echo's father ever <laughs> attended any of the parenting talk? Has he done such and such? Has he been... Well, your mom's put up with a lot, hey? Like, just looked at him so blatantly, and he was like, oh, well then, okay, I guess, so you do have full custody. And it's like, um, hello, bro. What the, f- even, <laughs> beatings, beatings, beatings. I'm telling you. So, my mom obviously signed both parts. She she put, like, even the father's name, Rosemary Musumba, signed, you know, yeah. everything the same, and signed it, and was like, this, this paperwork is now done. Am I right? And he was like, yes, you're absolutely right, and we walked away. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, my mom was like, like these people are crazy. Like, Literally. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. Like, if one, the sole parent is here, of course, this is the sole exactly. parent here. And so I think it's just always been a testament to, like, how strong, like, my mom is and, like, how having that village around her is what also has kept her strong, yeah. too. Mm. I can imagine if we were actually just me and her alone, I think it would have been 
a lot harder. Yeah, you know? which I think is how a lot of Americans exactly. raise children. Exactly. And really, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Like yeah. If you are in the same circumstance as like another lady who may live close by you or like, you know, relatively around you. Yeah. You yourself struggling rather than like, seeing that as a form of competition or just as a form of like, mm. problem. Like, if you were to embrace each other and, like, help each other raise your children, like, understand each other even more, like, you could even benefit from that relationship and, like, talk right. about these mini transgressions that happen ever so often. But, yeah, I think from those two circumstances, it always just made me aware of, like, the circumstance, yes, that I'm in mm. and not feel inferior to like people who have both parents in their lives yeah i've been blessed that i now have like the greatest relationship with my mom like yeah about anything everything yeah even at this age you know sometimes she listens to episodes of afro lit and like you know that's why you'll hear the little tidbits like sorry mom you know yeah (laughs) literally yeah because she know like she knows me you know Mm. and i love that I have that relationship and it's not that's so that beautiful you can't have that when you have both parents but I think that because of the circumstance that we have been in yeah it just has kind of shaped that relationship and yeah I don't think that it's made me even feel inferior for when I've been dating or when I have had boyfriends yeah you know like I never felt like I was looking for my fault like it's never it's never like yeah like 50 because well there wasn't an absence you know what I mean and I think that's, like, a lot of people see single mother households as there is an absence. And no. That. Whether it's single father, single, like, that doesn't mean... An absence is all up to the parent, you know what I mean? Like, if you are an absent parent or there's right. just an absence of love or compassion, understanding in the household, then that's when I think voids right. are created and, like women or men try to fill that void with whatever. So on to you, Zolo. Yeah. How has your household shaped um, relationship with men? I love this question too. So, yeah, I think I also... It's funny. I was talking to my friends the other day about the fact that I feel like I, to a certain extent... And I know people think this is such a hateful thing to say, but I think to a certain extent, I really resent black men, like as a demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> not that <laughs> I know, not that that was something that's a result of my household, but right, I can, right. like growing up, I can see how like my immediate environment as well as like my household, as well as being South African, like all of those different things influenced my relationship with black men. Mm-hmm. Um, But to be more specific, um, so I think one of the reasons that I consider myself to be really intelligent, and I think one of the reasons for that is because of my dad. So, like, growing up as a kid, I genuinely, like, you could not tell me otherwise. I genuinely thought he was the smartest guy in the world. I was like, no one... I was literally amazed. Like, I could ask him anything and he just either would come up with an answer or, like, come up with, like, a thought process and, like, literally thought he was Superman for that. And so my goal growing up in life was to be as smart as my dad. And then I noticed that anytime romantically that I'd meet a guy and he wasn't smart, like, it really... (laughs) 
Yeah, like it really just would have me shook, literally. <laughs> It really would. And I mean, I come from a family with a lot of women. So predominantly, it's just like my dad and my brother. And then my brother also has like a genius about him that he doesn't recognize. Or like he doesn't really see it. But he has like a genius about himself. And so I think an expectation that I feel like I've always had from men is just like intelligence, like just being, and that means a lot of things, not being knowledgeable, but literally like being able to think and be compassionate towards other people. And like, you know, knowing that like there's a world outside of your own, just like basic things like that. So I think that definitely um, affected my expectations when it came to men. Um... But then, yeah, so I think for the most part, I've, because also, like, watching my dad, like, be a good husband and a good father and, like, all of that, I think has raised my expectations for men. And the other day, a friend was telling me that she thinks it's really, um, she thinks it's really interesting how I'm able to just, like, let go of guys that I'm not into and it's, like, not a thing, really. And I was like, yeah, I think because I've, seen my brother and my dad be good brothers and husbands and dads and etc so I can't fathom like (laughs) why I would allow anything but that into my life so it is quite easy for me to like if I notice that you're trash it's really quite easy for me to let you go as a guy and I think yeah so I think standards and like high standards high expectations definitely something I've learned from my household but That's not to say I've also noticed like problematic things. And this is not just from my family, but from every single guy that I've encountered. Like, um, like, for example, like seeing my brother, like when he was in high school and middle school, whenever date mixed girls only, like definitely affected like my perception of how do black men see black women? Um, And just like. Yeah, just growing up, especially in South Africa, where it's so, like, colorism is flagrant. It is the order of the day. And I don't think... I would say so, Africa. Yeah. No, colorism is wild. And so it's funny, whenever I would, like, you know, go back and forth from Geneva to South Africa or, like, Belgium to South Africa, I would immediately notice the change in how the black men viewed black women. And that's, I think, something that's fostered a lot of resentment in me because I've never felt like black men across the board, regardless of how much they love you and how much they care about you, I've never I've never felt like they could fully humanize black women. And that's like fostered (laughs) a lot of resentment. You know what I mean? That I don't think I'll ever let go of. And I'm just kind of at peace with. Do you think that you could kind of, you know, piggybacking off of what you just said, Mm. do you think that you could have that conversation with your father about the way that... No. I don't think I could have that conversation. I've tried actually a couple of days ago. I don't think any black male or any male actually has the range. So, <laughs> sounds. But I, when I think about it, all all of the men in my life and who are incredible, really just incredible men, they just, regardless of how incredible they are, they just simply don't have the range to humanize black women. And I, I don't think that's something that's personal to them. 
or something that makes them a bad person. I'm also really invested in the idea of like, we shouldn't create heroes or villains out of everyone. Like, we're all trash. Like, no one is a hero, no one is a villain. <laughs> we're all good and bad in like our own different ways. So I don't, yeah, like I tried having this conversation like a week ago and it erupted into a fight that last lingered for like six days not with my not with anyone in my family but like this guy that i'm talking to now um and i think he was he was telling me something like you know when he lived in cape town he really used to only date mixed girls and that's just that was his preference and so of course we fought i was like but do you realize that's not your preference that's not your politics and we had this whole big debate about colorism and misogynoir and this and this and that. And which ended up in me saying, you actually won't ever get it. You you won't get it. And it's fine. Like, let me just, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you can't even disagree on someone's humanity. But like, you know what I mean? It's just like, let's just, and it just, yeah. They just don't have the range. They're great. They are good. You can be a great dad husband this and that but (laughs) black men don't have well just men in general but black men particularly do not have the range so then do you think that that has also translated into you know when black men approach you Mm. on a romantic day Mm. you know like knowing how you feel and knowing that you carry this sort of resentment yeah and they all know, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I make it really clear. Like. <laughs> but you know, so, I don't know. Some men just like that type of, you know, massacre. You know, they like feeling that pain. Like, oh, she keeps it real with me. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, yeah. So, has that also translated into maybe why you don't date black men? Or if you have a preference even within that? Um... It's funny, even with that, I still date them, lol. (laughs) Lol, I know, I know. But um, I definitely go into it knowing, like, uh, here we go. And, yeah, I mean, I feel like when you date any guy, you just sort of go into it knowing there's going to be a level of misogyny because that's just how it is. So for me, what counts, I know. For me, what's important is not that you are as aware of like gender politics and identity politics as I am. What what matters to me is that you're open to learning. And I think that's why I'm still with this guy, like because he followed up with a conversation. I was like, listen, after this, I can't speak to you for another like couple of days. I need to call off. And he came back after a couple of days and he was like, okay, let's continue the conversation. Um, because I want, like, I want, I want to know. And I, honestly, he was honest. He was like, honestly, I never really think about gender. Like, I really don't think about race or gender or this and that. So I'm not even going to lie. I don't know anything. Like, and he literally has been like, so I was like, okay, well, yeah. I was like, um, he asked me what my favorite book is out of context, out of in another conversation, and I was like, "The Second Sex" by Simone de Beauvoir, and like she's this feminist philosopher, and this and this and that. And he's been like reading up on her and reading up on her theories, and like sending me screenshots and like buying her books and this and so he's shown like he's actively trying to understand like gender politics and understand how he oppresses women every day. 
And for me, like, that's what's important. Because I know off the bat, like, as a guy, you don't have the range. But if you're open to, like, trying to understand, then I fuck with that. And we can we can do this. That's real. Yeah. Um, so it kind of into the scenario of, you know, because I think a lot of our relationships are dictated by, like, what we see. Mm, facts. In the media, too. Like, you know, you see the perfect home as, like, a mother and father and not, like, a mother and a mother. Or a yeah. Or whatever. You know, or and just like all of those different intricacies of like society now. Mm. So it's like when it does come to dating, because I know that we've had conversations in the past mm. of just different friends who have grown up with quote unquote single parents, mm. you know, and like they've made such, you know, rash comments to say, like, oh, you know, we, you, or I have usually looked for my father mm. in you know, partners, and when I found them, like, I couldn't let them. You oh know? wow and so it's just like i mean not me personally yeah but i can i can understand and i can even see like even where sometimes my attachment issues come from and i think it may be that like underlyingness of like, yeah not having a father even though it, i know it may not be directly linked to that mm. like it may be linked to the multitude of even the media and whatever still like the fact that that relationship wasn't there right you feel like attachment is something that you because that um relationship wasn't really fostered at a young age it's something that we as people who've grown up in single parent homes have to like learn on our own that's so interesting i've never thought of that but i love that question yeah. i mean i really don't if we're being honest, I don't think that growing up with a single mom or two dads or one mom and a dad is what makes a difference. I really don't think it plays any role. Okay, maybe that's an extreme statement to make. I think it makes a tiny, tiny difference in comparison to the quality of parenting you've had in your house. You know what I mean? So I think... You could have a single mom and, you know, she's strong and empathetic and compassionate and loving and like really teaches and practices non-judgment and unconditional love. I don't think you will necessarily grow up and have attachment issues. Also, attachment issues could come from the fact that like maybe you've struggled making friends <laughs> in school and like every time you think, oh, I found a friend, like they leave you. And then like, you know, over time that turns into attachment i think attachment issues yeah can be caused by so many things but i think a lot of people jump to the conclusion of oh it's because she doesn't have a dad right. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and it's like no but my mom was lit though so i didn't need you know what i mean right. like and also i don't know this is kind of a theory that no one will ever agree with but i kind of think that as far as raising kids yeah. romance is kind of a volatile like environment to raise kids in like sometimes i think honestly if you want a kid like raise it with someone who's not volatile like like your sister or like your best friend maybe even friendship is volatile but someone that you know isn't gonna leave you because like you're annoying yeah you know what i mean i think like you know like if you're gonna i think the healthiest environment to raise a kid in is one that's like unconditionally loving 
in the way that like you love your siblings or your mom or someone in your family like whether they annoy you today or whether they like still just stay using your hair products you know and like knowing that that person's not gonna go out and like have sex with eight different hoes and and like come back and cause drop you know like i feel like romance in general is just a toxic environment to raise kids in (laughs) okay i've been watching thoughts just like um well really and truly they are sermons but yeah call them sermons because like the guy who's talking is so funny and like Mm. personality on um transformation church and he's been talking a lot about like the myth Ooh, speak on this. Basically, because you know, we've all heard that nursery rhyme of like, Bobo and Kelsey, same man and Okay, at first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby and Yeah. Right? But he's like flipping the script on that. And mm. like, basically for him, it's like, definitely you have to be single, then you have to like intentionally date, and after intentionally dating, then it's like courtship, then it's marriage, then it's love. Interesting. I kind of fuck with that. Right? The only way that you truly know, and I mean, of course, this is like obviously in the context of like Christianity. Yeah. If you can only, you can only truly know if somebody has your back, if they're willing now to like join everything you do, which is what happens when you get married Mm. in a church. You know, the two become one. The two individuals become now one. Everything that was once yours is now theirs and vice versa that's a hard one for me yeah that takes a lot of commitment it takes a Mm. lot of just trusting and then out of that trust out of that sacrifice that's only the true testament that can showcase that they truly do love you yeah you know this partnership and want to nurture this partnership because i don't think a lot of people at least in now in our generation have children to like showcase like oh my gosh i love you like and i want to keep this kid because i love you you know yeah and it's like that that's weird using a child like, yeah using a child like not being fair not being as you've said creating an unconditionally loving environment mm. for the child who did not choose to be in the situation yeah and it's like you're not creating the best environment for that. And so, therefore, the nurturing for them won't be the same as it could have been if it was in a, a space of love, of Facts. of actual commitment mm. to making sure that the life of the child is in its best possible form. You know? Interesting. And like, even to supplement that, I was having a conversation over the weekend, and a guy said, there's so many things in life that we need a license for being a parent isn't one of them. Let's talk about this. And Let's I talk about this. I was so shook because it's absolutely right. Yes. We, people need to take a test. Yeah. I believe that this. <laughs> oh my God. Speak if on this. You are going to be a parent. Yes. I ha- we as a, cu- a, gov- a country, <laughs> as I, someone a, has to test you. Yeah. Whatever, the land of Afrolids yes. will send you a test. Honestly. If you fail that test. Mm-mm. It's not like a, oh you can try again. No, you can never have. Kids. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> like, you no. can. We are you taking can, away your eggs, all of them, all of them. You cannot have a child. 
I think ninety percent of people really should just never be you ki- need parents. A parenting yeah. You do because I don't think that people really truly understand the self selflessness. Yes. And the just the the nuance of having a child. Mm. I mean, even if we think about it like politically, but even outside of that, and we can I want to speak about it in the context of like black children. Mm. I feel like there's so much code switching that just as black people we always have to deal with on a daily basis oh yeah as black you know children yeah men or girls black girls growing up so if you are a child and like you and i see this all the time and like roast me if you want to roast me whatever but like you'll get on the train and then you'll just see a baby and as a baby carriage like crying you know kind of looking like dirty raggedy mm. and then you see the mom and the mom is like wearing a hairnet and some tights and then the dad is like you know his pants are sagging yeah it's just like you know like it's just like a sad story and then it the just is. is like feeding the baby like hot cheeto chips yep and it's like yep this baby doesn't want it's like eating them like mm-hmm. yeah because it's like it doesn't really and now you've food. created trauma that child is gonna grow up unhealthy, traumatized in like a trash environment. Yeah. Cycle. But I and I really want us to get into like because a lot of people believe yes. that this is a cyclical problem, and even within that too, you know, yes. there's a lot of brokenness that happens. And I want to say the brokenness actually occurs more on the male side. So like when men grow Ooh. up without fathers, like they're the ones Speak that are perpetuating on this cycle of brokenness. But Ooh. For another day. Oh, okay. no, spill the but tea, sis. Basically, I just feel like, as you, because you've heard Bobo and I tell you our lives, our stories, and how personally, I mean, of course, like her circumstances are different from mine, but we both, because of the quality of mm. our, you know, just households and like the fact that truly, because of our culture, it takes a village. The village was present very much so oh, yes. in our families to make sure that we remained in line. There's no way that, and of course, we've you know we've had our circumstances. We've allowed things to happen, mm. yada, yada, yada. But I think now, come 2018, our standards are so impeccable and they're immovable. You know, like nothing yeah. can now sway us. Yeah, you can't be trash and so, think I'll fall for you. Can't happen. In the same way, I do. I have found that men who grow up in single parent homes still feel really insecure about who they are and they aren't really self-aware so they're willing to like hurt everybody or like you know try and get in relationships to like fill that void so Mm. they don't have to deal with themselves and it's like now we're entering into the society where it's like men need to handle their own responsibility yeah for that and not interesting you know and not feel like oh they can continue to perpetuate this cycle of just brokenness yeah you know and it's it's unfair to women who are doing so much work to like build themselves because up. it yeah it is women right <laughs> it is just you us know? and i just feel like we need to like literally there has to be whether it's society or just at us as women or people who need to put especially more pressure on black men mm. to understand like hey like I may have not grown up in the best circumstances, but I need to unlearn certain things so that I don't perpetuate this type of viciousness or just this cycle of just feeling inadequate. And Mm. therefore, like, when I do get in relationships, like, I'm always nitpicking on my, you know, on my partner of, like, oh, you know, like, 
I wish you like I wish your natural hair was like this or like oh yeah. why you gotta wear fake lashes you know because it's yeah. all coming from an insecurity of them yeah it's all coming from the insecurity of the woman you know and I just feel like it's creating this nuance so that's when now black men can say like oh why are black women so bitter you know but it's like it's but not, they're bitter actually that's what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying. but it's like they because how come black women are, are never like oh but why are black men so bitter yeah or you know and it comes because with, accountability that is really what it boils down to. What do you think, my question for you, what do you think black men can do to be more accountable of the pain that they cause women on a day-to-day basis? I think they need to become just a thousand percent more self-aware. Like, mm. they need to be aware of, like, the space that they take up, aware that if they are speaking, is there a woman that should be speaking? Facts. You know, like, yeah. Think yep. about it, like, as simple as that. Mm. Just, again, acknowledging, like, sometimes that their presence may make women uncomfortable. Yep. You know, and, like, acknowledging, you know, acknowledging that, like, okay, if this makes women uncomfortable, like, okay, how could we navigate this so that, you know, it doesn't, or it doesn't do that, or, like, you know, leave certain spaces knowing that, like, all right, like, maybe I won't receive, like, the full potential of whatever I'm at, but at yeah. least I know that, like, the women in there would, like, feel comfortable. It's like, as simple as, and, like, I've been in a situation like this before. Yeah. And, like, men will obviously whatever, but it's, like, if you go to an event and you walk in and you see, like, it's, like, 90% women and you're, like, maybe the one or two guys, you should turn around and leave. Like, you shouldn't mm. be, like, oh, I'm about to leave. Yeah, let me, yep. Mm. And it's like, yeah, know, it's like I agree. Little, like little, it's like, like at the lowest level. Yeah, but still makes the utmost difference. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's like the moment you enter that space, now where you know camaraderie amongst women could have happened, or just like not feeling like they have to perform. Because there mm. are some women who are pixies who now yes see guys, whether it's well, however it stemmed from, but they see guys and immediately they like switch oh yeah they are to like play up this like oh my god maybe he's gonna talk to me maybe he's gonna and in doing that these women relinquish their humanity and their freedom and and that's the thing is that there's so much that you've said that i'm like yes bitch but that's also the thing you know like earlier i was talking about um how i resent black men and i think that's something i'll carry with me But I think that's something that's also not unique to me. I think what men also need to realize is that they benefit. Every single man benefits off of the oppression of women. And as a result of that, every single man is has caused trauma to women that we all have to carry. For me, that trauma manifests itself as resentment. For other women, it may manifest itself as attachment issues or like low self-esteem or this and this and that. And I think like as human beings, like as both women and men, we need to like understand and also come to terms with how we are affecting and being affected by other people. And there's also a field of study called epigenetics. And within that study, one thing that they found is that pain is actually passed down um through generations through molecular memory so whether you like it or not g i mean obviously you can work on it and like Mm -hmm. be consciously trying to improve that 
But black people especially have such a profound pain body that has been passed down from slavery and colonialism and segregation and this and this and that. And all of that pain has accumulated into one racial pain body from the black man and the black woman. And we keep on passing it down because we never address it. We never address it and we just brush it off. And then you have women who turn out to be pygmies. And more than that, is that black men need to realize the world that they've created in relation to black women, which is they've created a world in which they are the object and black women are the subjects. So black women only exist in relation to black men. And they've created a world in which black women are an extension of black men. So yeah, they value us as like, okay, you know, let me date my spicy white. Let me date my whites. Let me like play games with my white girls. And then I'll settle down with a black bitch and put a baby in her. You know what I mean? They value us as maternal, but in that they still see us as an extension of them and in doing that a lot of women buy into that idea and in doing that when you buy into that idea you become a pygmy and you relinquish your humanity and your independence as a full person so it's like gender is so important in the way that we self-identify like it plays such a huge role in like your self-esteem, how you see yourself as a human being, how you move through the world, whether you think you're worthy. Like people think, oh, gender, feminist. No, like this literally affects us on a conscious, like the most subconscious level. And it's like we all need to accept and like understand and work through the pain, the trauma, the gender identity, like all of that is affecting us daily. I'm just. Oh my god! I want to go back though because you just touched on something that I feel like this is the topic that black men will probably just like just throw their phones away. I'm dead. But I want to address the biggest. I guess this is what is like causing the war between um, black women and black men. Yeah. After Childish Gambino released the This Is America video, let's go. A lot of people especially, you know, those of us who are very critical of understanding, like, you know, where our trauma comes from. And mm. as you said, I can't, I, I'm going to learn how to repeat the study, the, the epigenetics, epigenetics yeah. of just how, you know, pain is passed on through our generations. And of course, black people, black bodies mm-hmm. experience a lot more pain than other varieties of humans. Right. Our pain body is ginormous. So within that, there is a whole theory that in order to be pro-black, you must be pro-black love. And black love is between a black man and a black woman. Now, Mm. as you said, I do feel like black men have created this society, this world where mm. they can view black women as the subjects and just allow themselves to play games and you know, as you've said, like just like do all of these other things just to come back around and settle with a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I tend to even feel like if we think about it even outside of like culturally, like African men do the same thing. Maybe right. Like they'll go the or when they've made it they'll go for like the white girl and then when she goes left, they'll go for the black girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's just like all these little nuances. Yeah. Right? Now, 
Which even that, I'll say disclaimer, doesn't isn't a good thing for a white woman too. Like black men playing games with you will need to leave you. Like no. Right. They're fucking us all up. White, black, a- <laughs> ruining all our lives. All, all of us. us yeah. Know? But so continue. I do feel personally that I mean I wouldn't outright say that if you aren't pro black love that you're anti black. Mm. more so, and I speak of this more so in the context when it's a black woman dating outside of her race, mm. you know? Now, when it comes to black men, I really don't have any sympathy when shit goes left the other race. So if you've now decided you're going to date, you know, some other girl, you know, whether she's white, Asian, whatever, yeah. and it goes left, like, some, like, fuck shit happens. <laughs> like, when she like, gets him into jail, let's say. It's like that. Who was that guy who got shot by the cops? I forgot his name. He got shot, you know, police brutality, but he was always on Twitter dragging black. Yeah. Stefan Clark. Yeah. I also, I don't feel. I was not. I was just like. Yeah, leave me out of your narrative, fam. Yeah. So, yeah, personally, I mean, of course, and it's not to say, like, Childish Gambino isn't, well, like, he can't, because, you know, there's people who are like, yeah, he's not woke, because, like, look at who he's with, look at who his partner is. I don't believe that. I think that you can still be hyper-aware. However, you also need to understand mm-hmm. the nuance of your relationship. Is mm-hmm. your relationship wrong? No. Is your relationship, like, anti, you know, like I said, anti-black? No, but... Again, when you enter into a predominantly black space now with your white spouse, you have to remember the yeah. type of environment, as you said so eloquently, the type of world that you're creating. Yeah. Because now you may feel, you may make women feel like, okay, like I am inadequate no matter what I do because at the end of the day, this is still who Childish Gambino is going to like. You know, whether you agree with that mm. statement or not, it is what it is, you know? And Interesting. That's pers- and personally, I just feel like, I personally, truly, I don't care. Yeah. Like but do you do you think he's pro-black then? I do think he's pro-black. Despite the fact that he's he, dating, yeah. yeah. I, think that he, I think because of his own humanity, because at the end of the day, he was an inv- individual before he even met this chick. I don't mm. know who that the girl is, but I do think that. But then the problem, and we've discussed this on our show before, is mm. just like, I feel like at the same time, too, black when it's black men, they be they overcompensate for the fact that they have a white spouse. And I've even been in circumstances where Interesting. I'll meet a white or a black guy with a white girl, and he the white the black guy was like, "Nah, she's cool," you know. Like I didn't even say anything. Yeah. And he was like, "Nah, she's cool," you know. She she even tells me when the the protests are happening. Yeah. And I was just like, "Yo, bro, I don't care." I can't. Bro. I don't care if you're with Becky. Yeah, they try and like make up. Yeah, they. they, I feel like they make it hot for themselves. Dead. Maybe there's a guilt. There's clearly a guilt. Whereas black women, when they're with a white guy, I feel like everybody's fine. But that's because they know within themselves that their relationship is not a reflection of their politics in that specific way. Like Serena Williams with Alexis Ohanian, like she is. They just are dating. Like they're they're, just. They're married now and like yeah. Child and it's like who 
who cares? Like, she is still Serena Williams. She still has faced racism. Mm. She still will continue to face racism. And Alexis will stand up for it, you know? Like, I don't... I guess the question here is, can you separate... Yeah, can you separate your politics from your personal life? Personally, I think no. But that doesn't mean that if you're dating someone out of your race, then then you're not pro-black or whatever. Because being pro-black doesn't mean being anti-white. So, yes, I do think you can date a white person and still be pro-black. Like, that's very possible. But I also think that patterns reveal your politics. So if if you are a black man and you've only dated white right. women the pattern outside in that yeah or out yes let's just right. call it or outside of your race the pattern in that would reveal your politics because there's no such thing as just a preference there are underlying politics that fuel your so-called quote unquote preferences and so for me it's more like what are your for me, what's more important is what are your politics and how do they affect your women and, like, the women in your lives and, like, your larger community. So, like, yeah, because I can get my white king and still be... Right. And still, <laughs> and still be like, like I'm still... Him. Yeah, like, I'm still... Right now, I'm, you know, right. talking to a black guy. And it's like, but he still knows what's up. Like, he still knows that if he tries me, I'm going to beat him. Like, right. we're going to talk. If he says anything misogynistic, I check him every single time. And it's like, I could, before him was a white guy. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't, I think that, yeah, you can. All, all, all to say that, like, yeah, you can date outside your race. But you have to be aware that you cannot separate your politics from your preferences. And so for me, my politics is that I'm pro-black and I'm pro-woman before the, before I'm pro-man. Oh, yeah. And so every guy who dates me will just have to know and accept and understand and be on that wave. Like, if you're not a feminist, I can't fuck with you. Like, of course. I mean, I think in that respect, too, like, I think a lot of, you know, black men mm. need to also just check themselves in that respect too yeah like just because you are you know dating right girl and you feel like or outside of your race and you feel like in fear you know you feel like over certain because you know there is that certain guy who that like, overcompensates like, yeah, yeah. Like overcompensate or just feels like they're on top of everyone because now they're mm. dating this girl you know they're dating well we need right? to talk about the kanye syndrome right and i think i mean and even i think culturally too that's a, a lot of the time what happens like think about some of these African soccer players and they, mm. immediately, they may have had girlfriends back in their home countries but then immediately when they go to Europe now you're seeing them with Beckys or whoever's mm. in this world and not to say and you know and I also want to put a background story it's not to say that any of us have a problem with Beckys dating black guys yeah I don't, I don't no we are not pressed yeah <laughs> we are not pressed I've, and I would want even like the Beckys to know that like they also fall into this trap too, you mm. know? And like, if black men or if men in general just don't become aware or become self-sufficient yeah, and not see us as like subjects or even just as um, trophies, mm. their experience within their dating lives will be like so fruitful and be so yeah. fun, you know? So... On top of that, I I think that it's important for black men to just understand that 
as long as you continue, like as as you said, like as long as you continue this pattern, mm. there is, you know, there is something. There's people that you're hurting, you know. Yeah. And it's not that you know. Of course, like we are, like all we all have our problems. We all aren't heroes, but I think that it's very, it's really telling that at, within Black cultures, we're like, or at least our men are like the highest number I, c- I can't remember what the statistic actually said yeah like it's we're the most rated to like date outside of our race you know mm. like asian people will date asian people yeah like white people will date white people but black people like uh, constantly searching yeah and that is a result of anti-black colonialism you know and it like and it stems back into like you know, why certain cycles and even like in the larger conversation that we're mm. having of daddy issues, it's really important for us to be aware. And of course, like, you know, there's still, like we said, we're still attracted to black men, even yeah. of all of these things. But sometimes I wonder, like, are black men really even going to be attracted to me? That You know? And, and we are like, the only race that has to think, think that about, about our own people. Wild. You know? It's like it blows my mind. Yeah. When I think about that sometimes. Well, what's your personal relationship with black men? I think for me, I don't. I view because I've been viewed as like the quote unquote the homie Mm. for so long. I've kind of just learned to embrace it. Mm. And now I always try to. Now I use it as a tool to like get inside. Yeah. That guy is thinking. You know, because I feel like the only way that we're truly good, as you said, like them not having the range to understand certain grass yeah know where the range goes like where is where does it become like dark space yeah yeah like where do they feel like okay like now she's pushed me into a realm where i don't really want to talk about it because maybe because i feel like now in 2018 like they kind of know when if they're not feminine yeah 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 when they're saying something that could be some fuck shit like they Mm. know you know, like there's this underlying sense of like maybe this is not okay. Yeah. So I didn't understand how they think about it, and so even when my friends like date, you know, other guys or like they're, you know, they're having fun and they're like, mm. you know, doing whatever they want. I think for me, my relationship has always been like I now enter the I enter into the space knowing like okay, whoever's gonna be attracted to me is gonna be attracted to them, and I have the choice. If I'm going to be attracted to them or mm. not. But if a black guy is attracted to me, cool. If he's not attracted to me, still cool. Yeah. If I'm attracted to him, cool. If he's not attracted to me, like, cool. It's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's done. Like, life goes on anyway. Life goes on anyway. I mean, personally, I don't even know if, like, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but I don't yeah. even know if, like, white guy, a white American guy see me, whereas I feel like white European guys are always oh, like, yes. like dark skin but <laughs> but even that, how do we as black women escape being dehumanized? In what con? I guess that's the same con- question as when do black people stop being dehu less than? Where? Where do we go? <laughs> you know. So it's not going to be like, okay, now, you know, like I'm going to be in a circumstance where it's like we have created an environment where unconditional love can exist because I don't think it's even fair to 
emulate or you know have certain things when you know that like as a society and the people as your partner are not really ready for it. Mm. Sometimes like some parties rush into it because they you know because they want to keep certain you know they want to keep certain things together or they want to make sure that they are of a certain class or you know they have to have the perfect family with a white picket fence yeah it's like you know we we have to let all those politics go because there's children who are really traumatized and like mental illness is a huge issue Mm. especially in the black community and we don't talk about it and i think it starts as you said on a subconscious level because they they feel yeah environments are not okay they understand certain nuances look in our previous episodes you've talked about knowing things since you were like four years old yeah so it's like if you could now tailor that and like or not having us redo our childhoods but like if now going forward we can make better decisions we should Mm. you know and i think i definitely want to encourage like black men to like you know share this episode with black guys yeah more black men drag us these conversations and to drag us and to feel like that because black women because i feel like there's also this level of like black women are always pressing black men to like do the right thing and it's like yeah, yes because <laughs> we need you to be better literally you know, that's all it gives criticism if they don't care right you know so it's like if we're willing even after all these centuries of when but even within the black panthers all these you know yeah black women have just been forgotten about yet we still rise up and are still there for black men i think it's telling that we're still going to continue to be there for black men oops so we might you might as well do better Mm. you know like what would what where would we go where would we go as a world as a society if black men just all decided like you know what we're gonna do can you imagine? Can you imagine? We could solve like like eighty percent of the issues in the world right now. You know? Wow. So if we had black men on our team. Wow. A concept. <laughs> a concept. So how do you feel, Bobo? What do you want black men to take away from? Um, yeah, I think you you actually really said it self awareness. I think the main issue is that and this isn't even a racial thing. I think it's a gender thing. <laughs> Men really just don't really be thinking too much. Yeah. Like, don't really... You know the age-old, like, joke of, like, the woman will be like, what are you thinking about? And the guy's like, like nothing. nothing. And, and that's re- genuinely, like, that nigga's not thinking. <laughs> He's just not thinking about anything that I, I think... Like, men should just think more. Like, just, like, think more often. Like, think about about who you are. Yeah, like, not about titties and ass. Like, think about, like, who am I in this world? (laughs) Why am I here? Like, why do I get out of bed? Like, how am I affecting the people around me? How does she feel when I say that? Yeah, you know, just, like, the basics. Like, be a little more introspective. And that, just that little thing will do so much. I know on that note. <laughs> on that note, we wish all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day. Facts. And all the father figures, because I know I have my uncles and my cousins, and I wish them a happy Father's Day because even within their whole, you know, I love my uncles. And my yeah. But I think we love all of you yeah, guys. We do. I think that it's just, it's also nice that at least within this day, you get to understand that 
there are certain things that we just want you to do better on. Yeah, well, it's all love. It's all love. You know? So do better and be better. Yeah. Make sure to like this episode and you can catch us on Twitter. Don't forget to leave a review. Right.